This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Okay, so just a, uh, a quick one-hour program today. Thanks so much for joining me on our various radio stations across the Sportsnet Radio Network or Sportsnet Now or Sportsnet 360. Uh, we're going to talk to Luke Fox at the bottom of the hour about the uh, the Maple Leafs on a five-game roll right now. We'll talk about Mitch Marner and his 18-game point streak now, tying Eddie Olchuk and Daryl Sittler. We should also park some time to talk about Mark Giordano, who really has been one of this team's MVPs, and talk about the net minding as well. So we'll get to a lot of Maple Leafs issues at the bottom of the hour with Luke Fox. In the meantime, we welcome aboard Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Hello, Frege. Are you uh, are you walking or have you finished your walk already? I know it's right around this time of day. No, I, uh, I, I'm going for a walk now. I had to stay home and watch the soccer, so... Uh... I didn't go for my. I do. I did my walk. Actually, I was on a wheel with JD. I did that. Then I came back for soccer, and now I'm walking again. Are you uh, Are you disappointed in your country's performance, Elliot? Or is this as to be planned? This is all about not this World Cup, but the next. Well, I you know I'm not much for participation trophies, uh, but but this is a, a a unique circumstance. I think, um, you know, I. I, I was hoping, yeah, I, I think I was hoping that Canada would have done a little bit better, but I do think this was uh, a, a historic achievement, and I enjoyed watching it. I think, I think what it what it shows to me is that uh, the Canadian soccer in this country is really growing, and it has great talent, but there's there's a long way to go. Like there's like there's a lot of good teams out there. There there's a lot of good teams out there. You know, it, it is interesting. We'll, we'll get off the soccer page here. I just want to make like one point about myself here. I find that when it comes to soccer, Elliot, I enjoy the culture and the people around it more than I enjoy the sport itself. Like, I look at soccer and I say to myself, like, hockey's, like, I'm like 24-7 hockey. You know that about me. And I always look at soccer culture and the way they, you know, the, the way they surround their sport with the type of energy that they do. And I say to myself, okay, how can hockey grab some of that or take some of that and bring it to the sport of hockey? Uh, what is it about soccer for you? Is it the game you enjoy or is it everything around it like me? No, I, I enjoy everything around it. Like, I really enjoy the passion. Watching the Moroccan players celebrate today as they, as they won the group, I thought that was really uh, incredible. But I, I'm, like, I don't watch a ton of soccer. I love the World Cup. I love the major events. Uh, I've gone to it over the years. Like, ever since I was a kid, I have gone to, you know, Team Canada friendlies or World Cup qualifying games. I remember going to a World Cup qualifying game against Mexico at Exhibition Stadium when I was like 10. Um, I, nice. I, I love them. I, I like the, I, I do love the skill of the players. Like if you, it, it, like the thing that hockey that I love about so much is that you have to, you have to be really good at something that isn't natural, skating, right? And the thing I really yeah. respect yep. about soccer is that you have to be really good at something with, while doing something that's not natural, natural, and that's refusing to use your hands or arms. And so that's the thing I really admire about it, is the ability to do things that don't come natural to you as a human being. And that's, why, that, that's what I love about watching it. I can still recall, because I'm not much of a soccer guy, but I can remember, like, when I was a kid, my dad would take me to everything. It was WHA, OHA, NHL, 
Uh, whenever the Globetrotters came to town, I would yeah. always, my dad would always take me, and he would take me to see Toronto Blizzard games at Varsity as well. Like, that was part of my, like, growing up. I think my dad just wanted to. And then, of course, the Blue Jays at Exhibition Stadium when they came yeah. to town in 77. I think any, any, any sporting event my dad could take me to just to expose me to as much as, as, much as possible. Uh, okay, so to hockey. I'm going to do a lot of this with Luke Fox. I just want to get a sort of wide brush thought from you on, on what we saw last night and that you know, Toronto Maple Leafs game against the San Jose Sharks. Um, the big story coming out of it, Mitch, Mitch Marner now with 18-game point streak. Uh, ties Sittler, ties Olchek as well. You know, there's a lot of interesting stories with Toronto right now. The blue line is decimated. Um, the two goaltenders are back together and healthy uh, and both playing well. Uh, Mark Giordano is playing 20 minutes a night, turning back the clock. Um, Marner is the obvious story, but what do you think some of the other bigger stories coming out of this, you know, five-game win streak, their most recent play of the Maple Leafs? What are some of the big stories for you now of Toronto? Well, you know, I think the number one, to me, it's impossible for me not to think the biggest story, Jeff, is just that they had every excuse to collapse over the past month, and they didn't. You know, they, they've played they've played really hard. They've overcome a lot of injuries to a lot of key people. They were down to their third-string goalie for a while. Um, uh, you know, their defense is really beaten up. And not only did they keep their heads above water, but they're tied for, you know, fourth in the NHL. You know, I, yeah. I think there's something really to be said about that. I, I think that the question about this team last few years has always been, is it at its toughest when you have to be your toughest? And I think the last three weeks they were. Um, I think it was. I, I think it's very impressive how they performed and played. I think you know Marner is obviously the biggest story for a lot of good reasons. Um, but I, I'm with you on the Jordano thing. I, you know they they need him to step up and be a lot more than than he than he probably should be at this point in his career. Even though if I said that to his face, I'd probably get punched. Uh, and he was he, he was really good, uh, really good. And, and you've made a mockery of our in-season cup, which is just disgusting. Like it really makes me sick. Well, I listen. I I wasn't going to bring it up, but while we're there, Elliot, have you ever been part of an in-season cup when someone's run the table for the entire month? Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't think that's ever happened. And uh, you know what? You wind all of last off season because you lost and. <laughs> I just cannot wait to see the way you find to lose this pool. I cannot wait to see well, how it's going to happen. I'll tell you what, man. The Maple Leafs are in real tough against the Tampa Bay Lightning next game. So, oh, wait a minute. I I think I've also got Tampa as well. So we got a whole so bunch of nauseating. Everything's coming up. Everything's coming up, Jeffy. Right now, it's a everything's wonderful thing up, here. Eric. Yeah, it's it's so nauseating. It really is. Uh, Something that popped up yesterday, which is uh, a little more than just a little bit in- intriguing, uh, mm-hmm. once considered the goaltender of the future for the Los Angeles Kings, Cal Peterson on waivers, yep. um, and we'll find out in under an hour here if anybody claims. You know, I was I was going through it with someone from another team last night, and we were saying like, okay, who can we see? And you know, there's only maybe a couple that seem that seem possible to me. Maybe the San Jose Sharks. Um, maybe the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, but other than that, this one just looks like a move to get someone's attention, Fridge. Do you, do you see Buffalo at all? 
Well, don't forget, they originally drafted Cal Peterson, right? And yeah. And, like, they've already been through the experience with Cal Peterson. I'm not sure. Like, I still do think, well, for, first of all, they, they they still have big plans for the uh, for the goaltender that is out right now. I mean, they're resting a lot yeah. on Uka Pekalaukkanen and, uh, and Craig Anderson. But, you know, this is, I, I think this is a Buffalo Sabres team that, and listen, things can change based on the performance of the squad, obviously. Um, but I think this is a Buffalo Sabres team that says, okay, we need one more year of development. And I think they were more than comfortable going through this year with Eric Comrie and Craig Anderson. Yep. I would be a little bit surprised just considering the past between Cal Peterson and the Buffalo Sabres. I'd be surprised if they, if, if they took, if they put in a claim for two o'clock Eastern here. What about you? That's fair. No, that was the other team I kind of wondered about just as they would do. I mean, it's a tough one because if you look at his contract, it's three times five, but the numbers are four, five, and six, right? There's a, there's a, yes. so it's yes. 11 of the 15 is due, and uh, there's a $4 million bonus next year. Um, I, I, I'm with you, Jeff. I think it's more likely than not he isn't claimed. Um, and I'll say this if he does get claimed, someone said to me, they wonder if it becomes like something that gets worked into like a trade or something like that. It's uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. Some people had some interesting theories on, on where this could all go, but mm-hmm. you know, I wrote it today. Someone called me yesterday and they said, watch him after the goals. So he plays that game against the Kraken. He actually comes on yeah. after Jonathan quicks, given up five, he gives up three in the second and he holds in the third as L.A. comes back to send it to overtime. And then he gives up the winner. And just look at him after the goals. Like, the first one's a total fluke. Oh, yeah. And then he gets beaten by three shots. And after each one, he sags a little bit more. And he, he the look of consternation on his face, like, you can see it in his eyes. The third one, he's shaking his head. And the fourth one, he kind of goes down on the ice and... uh and just is, like it's awful to watch. It, it really is. You can see a person here who's really suffering emotionally while all this is happening. Yep. And I'm under the impression that LA's told him that uh, he's if he clears, he's going to the American Hockey League and he's going to play. You know, the the challenge here mm-hmm. for LA is I looked I looked up natural stat trick expected goal percentage. They're seventh in the NHL. They're 28th in goals against. He's struggling. Quick is yeah. struggling, um, and you're in a race now. You can't you can't have two goalies like this. So I think he's going to go to the AHL. I think he's going to play a ton, try to get his game back. You know, their third stringer is, is Phoenix Copley, barring another move. Um, it's a, it's a stunner. I mean, there's no question about it. And I think it's just another reminder, Jeff, about how goaltending is changing in this league that the number of true difference makers left in the NHL is decreasing. I think it's in single digits. And after that, your, 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 your goal for your goalie is just give us one more save than the other guy. But, you know, one of the stories as well, uh, while we're on the topic of goaltenders, is how 
is how quickly you can fall out of favor and how, how, how fickle the position has now become. Like, if you look at, like, who are the goalies now that we're talking about? We're talking about Ilya Sorokin, okay? We're yep. talking about Linus Olmark. You know, last season, who were we talking about? Igor Shosturkin having issues with his game. You know, he didn't play last night. Halak was in. He's criticized himself soundly. We know Jacob Markstrom uh, has had some struggles. You know, Vladar has been outstanding for the Calgary Flames. Um, Thatcher Demko... Uh, with the Vancouver Canucks, and you hope he's you know able to consistently turn that around, as are the other two. But to me, yeah. one of the stories is how quickly you go from the top to the bottom and questioning your game, and all of a sudden it's a it's a, it's a new group of goaltenders. That's uh, that's the new hotness in the NHL because it wasn't too long ago. Like seriously, we we talked about this plenty. You know, Cal Peterson was well, wow. Look at the look at the deal the LA Kings got on their goaltender of the future. No one's saying that anymore. Well, I have to tell you, when that deal was signed last year, um, there were a lot of eyebrows that got raised. Like, I had, I had someone who called me that day and said, that is going to cost yeah. the least Jack Campbell. And it, they turned out to be totally right. They said that that, that, that deal was, was, that was going to be a Jack Campbell comparable. The Maple Leafs weren't going to be able to do that. And, you know, he turned out to be correct. Um there, there were a lot of raised eyebrows on that on that deal, and you know, you know my my theory, Jeff, is that if you really find a player who's a cornerstone player, you sign them for as long as you oh, yeah. can because the price never goes down. And you know, L.A. made a gamble, and right now that gamble doesn't look great. Although he's 28 years old, there's time to fix this. Um, yeah, I just think that the way the league is getting defended now. And we talked a lot about this yesterday. It's, this is a league that's co- becoming harder on goalies, at least in the regular season. It's becoming a lot harder on goalies. It's harder to defend. Um, it, it's it, it, the it, you know, like I, I look at all the reviews that are coming this week. There have been a lot of them. I, I just think guys have no fear of going to the front of the net anymore. Like you're not paying the price that you used to. True. And, uh, and you know, you actually made that good point to me the other day. Like, Jack Hughes is banking goals off people's faces now. And it's not an accident. It's, it's like, uh, it's, oh, yeah. it, the guys, the, these guys are good enough to do it. Like, goaltending in this league has gotten a lot harder, a lot harder. And I think, you know, you know the other thing I, I wanted to say is that whole, that whole play with Connor Hellebuck, I had someone who said to me that, you know, we, we want goals in this league. We want goals. Yeah, yeah. Like his argument was, if that happens, that happens. But I don't think I don't think most people feel that way. I think people don't want to see goalies get hurt like that. But you know, mm-hmm. uh, people are horny for goals now, Jeff, and they want them scored whatever the, the, way they're the, going to be scored. I get that, but those same people that say, "Hey, listen, we want goals." Uh, and we don't care how we get them. It's only a problem when your bull gets gored. It's fine if it's another yeah, that's life. who goes down. Yeah, we want goals, but when it's your goaltender, all of a sudden, you know who you know where the phone calls go to, and right away, it's we can't have this in the NHL. Like that's the way it's always been, right? It's the well, Jeff, that's issue just, because that's the just two Nobody cares about anything. No, I get what it. happens I, to them. 
But listen, that that's the thing. Like you talk to the you know, managers, always going to these. The general managers go to the GMs meetings, all with the idea that we're all wearing our NHL hats, and then they vote based on the team that they have, right? Like everybody wanted to screw New Jersey and Dallas because the two Turcos were so, the two Bardies were great at handling the puck. So yeah. here we go. It's, tra- it's trapezoid time. Why do we, why we go away from legacy. four on four in the eighties? Because Edmonton was killing everybody. Uh, why do they go away from two-minute majors? Uh, because the Montreal power play uh, was Canadian. so dominant yeah. with Richard yeah. and Locke and like all of it. Like you can go, like this is just this isn't anything new. Like this goes deep back into the um, NHL history. Um, okay, so the Peterson thing is one thing we'll have more clarity on by the time we do the podcast tonight. Another thing we'll have more clarity on by the time we do the podcast this evening, which will drop Friday morning is the Alex Formanton situation. And you've written about it. We've talked about it here on the podcast. Um, Alex Formanton has until 5 o'clock, or should I say the Ottawa Senators, have until 5 o'clock to sign Alex Formanton or else he can't play for the remainder of the season. Now, this has all been wrapped up in the 2018 Hockey Canada situation as well. Um, I don't know that there's a question here, but I mean, there is a talking point. Um, Alex Formanson, it's been, it was quiet all summer, quiet all throughout the, uh, all the, the first two months of the regular season here now, Elliot. And I, I just wonder if there were teams out there that might've been interested in trading for Alex Formanson. Do you think there were? Yes, I do. And you know what, Jeff, we also should point out, it's not just Ottawa, like he's a restricted free agent. Anyone can sign now there's there's compensation yes. to Ottawa if you do it uh, if you do it um, you know on a one year deal he's probably in the two two and a half million range um, uh, and so that's kind of what you're looking at I don't have the compensation uh, sheet directly in front of me but it's obviously not huge um, but I I had heard uh, a few weeks ago that it was can't remember exactly. I'd have to check my notes. A couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, that the people thought he was pretty confident that there was going to be a trade there. And uh, I do think some of the fallout of the uh, Mitchell Miller situation, although the two things are not exactly the same, uh, I do think some of the fallout of the Mitchell Miller situation in Boston scared some teams off. Um, plus, also there's there's just the unknown. Um, you know, we still don't have a clear picture of, of what happened and, and who was involved and what, you know, what exactly occurred. Um, I, I, while I do think that some of the investigating into it has been is either close to finished or has concluded from both Hockey Canada and the NHL, um, we still don't know what the London police have to say. And I'm not sure how eager the NHL is to do anything until we know if the London police decides to do anything. So, I mean, it's, uh, and really, there's no clear picture on when that's going to be. So uh, I think it's obviously made people nervous. Um, it's obviously ha- has people unsure. And I'll, I'll, I'll just say is this, because it's the fact, uh, a couple of weeks ago, there were people who seemed confident that a trade would happen. Now there aren't. And, uh, you know, we'll right. see where this goes by today, but um, we'll, and we'll see if he ends up playing in the NHL this year or he ends up maybe going to Europe. 
Okay, so again, we'll have more on that uh, when we record the next 32 Thoughts podcast. That'll be later this evening with a release on Friday morning. The other story coming out of yesterday is a situation involving Chris Letang with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And first and foremost, our thoughts are with him and his health. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, he was diagnosed having suffered a stroke on Monday. This uh, happened back in 2000 and. 14 as well. Uh, I'm not sure, again, not a doctor, but I spoke to our mutual friend, Dr. Ali Rendley, about it yesterday, and uh, she's well aware of the uh, of the situation, although obviously not there, so not the specifics. But in situations like this, it's either a procedure to repair, uh, to repair the heart itself, or it's blood thinners. Um, either way, it doesn't sound like, and we all cross our fingers, that we hope he's A, healthy, and B, able to play again as soon as possible. I don't know that we'll see Chris Letang anytime soon, and I know the word soon is doing a lot of work in that sentence, but again, our initial thoughts are with him taking care of his health, and secondly, with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Do you have a thought on this situation? You're not a doctor, but you stayed at a Holiday Inn last night, Holiday Inn Express last night. Um, <laughs> pretty, pretty much, yeah. So I think he wanted, I, I heard he wanted to play on Tuesday. And they were like, you're, you're, not, me. You know, you know you're, what? you're not playing. Yeah, you're not playing. Yeah. You know what he has? He, here, here's the one thing that I've been told about Chris Letang is he's a hockey player with a UFC fighter mentality. Like he has yeah, that. I'm coming that. off the I'm coming off I'm coming off the stool and I'm getting I don't care how badly I'm hurt, I'm getting back in the fight. Like that's what I've always been told about Chris Letang. He is a hockey player, but he has an MMA mentality. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I wouldn't argue that with you at all. Um, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, the one thing they've been over backwards to say, uh, Mike Sullivan and Ron Hextall, is that, uh, it, is that it doesn't appear as serious as the last one was. That was 2014. You missed eight months at the time. Uh, it, you know, I mean, a stroke is serious. I don't like to downplay it at all, but I'm just using their, their words and their terminology that said it wasn't as serious. It's pretty clear they're going to hold them out until they have uh, a better picture. Um, I, it sounds like he's going to play again. I mean, I'm with you. Just hope he's okay. Um, I mean, the one thing that, you know, like you kind of look at is that he does have experience with this. He understands, which I think is, I mean, it's not a good thing, but I always think, you know, it's, it's better if you have an idea of what you're dealing with. And he clearly does. Um, so I'm hopeful. Um, but I don't think they're going to let him play until they know for sure. Absolutely. Uh, again, we, uh, we wish him the best. Um, interesting night last night, and, and I want to get to Buffalo-Detroit in a second, but before we get there, I want to ask you about the other uh, Pennsylvania team, and that's the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, they're going to play the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. They just ended their 10-game losing streak, not a moment too soon. Uh, Chuck Fletcher today, you know, sharing something that I don't think any of us really think is news, although... He said it, uh, and that is Ryan Ellis won't be available for the remainder of this season. Um, not exactly a shock, um, but your thoughts on what Philadelphia is going through right now? Well, I mean, losing sucks. Uh, they, they finally got a big win the other night against uh, the Islanders uh, to get that L streak ended. Uh, losing stinks. Uh, I, I think, like, you know, Tortorella certainly isn't wired to handle it. And most players aren't either. Um, I do think behind the scenes that 
there's a lot of conversation going on, like, where are we going here? Um, and, I, and I think, look, I, I think everybody kind of understands, but sometimes the organizations, it's harder when you're, when you're trying to sell tickets, it's harder to make those decisions, I think, than uh, it is for fans to learn on, lean on to a certain philosophy. Like, I just think getting the best pick possible was the best thing that the Flyers could do for themselves this year, and they're probably headed in that direction. But I, I'm sure there's a lot of philosophical conversations going on about where are we going, who's part of this, who isn't. Um, you know, I, I think they've got a lot of decisions to make, Jeff. So here's my, because I, I mentioned this on our podcast a, a while ago, that I didn't think that Flyers fans had a, a stomach for a rebuild. And as I mentioned to you on the podcast, man, did I ever hear it from Flyers fans. <laughs> right away, it's like, we're not scared of a re We're not scared of a, like, shock, shock, right? We're not scared yeah. of a rebuild. You know, that's what we need. We just want some direction. We want, you know, make a decision and, and go that way. If it's a rebuild, we're fine. And the question when it comes to rebuilds that I always follow up is, if your team goes through a rebuild, which you as a fan believe they should, will you still buy tickets? And, and there are some markets where they will. That. Yeah. That they, yeah. There, are, there are questions, there are team, there are markets where they will. You look at Toronto, you look at Montreal, you look at the New York Rangers. Like there are some teams where fans will say, okay, we can stomach a rebuild and we'll still sell tickets and support, buy tickets and support you. And there are others that won't. Like, oh, all I'm saying, Fridge, is it's one thing for a fan to say, I support a rebuild. It's another to say, I support a rebuild and will still buy tickets. That's that next jump that fans aren't always really quick to make. And I think that's kind of what they're weighing. You know, like, if you look at what they did this year, they went out and they got Delorier, right? And, yep. you know, Philly yep. identifies with the toughness of their team. They've got Delorier there. They've got McEwen there. And, you know, I think they felt they got pushed around, which is why they did it. But also, I, I think it fits the yeah. identity of the organization. And, you know, that's a, that's a thing, too. I, you know, I, I think with Philadelphia, like, there's some places where it, it's not only you lose, but it's the way you lose. Like, you, you can't lose and be perceived as soft. And I think that Philly kind of went through that last year, and they said, we're not – putting up with that with them with that again and like you know for example the other night they beat the islanders and you you know they're coming off a line brawl at the end of that game and delorier and yep. matt martin are talking and, and what did martin say after he said no, no no no, i'm not dealing with you we're dressing somebody who's going to deal with you and that was ross johnson and and <laughs> and, and martin had his fight with someone else like i i think zach, in philly now, a lot of people hear that and they think we're, we're all cavemen, but in Philly, that plays. You know, that plays. And I, I, and, and I think, look, I, I think there are times you have to rebuild and you have to be clear about your plan. I think they're going through that right mm -hmm. now. But I also believe that organization is very conscious about if you're in Philly and you're not going to be good, you can't be bad and weak. That won't play. And uh, like I said, I think they're well aware of that kind of stuff. 
Okay, there was a moment that I thought of you last night in that Buffalo-Detroit game because we've talked so much, and I get that it's it's not apples and oranges because apples and oranges are more similar than they're different. So I use the analogy, it's like chalk and cheese. Um, <laughs> there's a situation where uh, Moritz Sider blocks a shot and goes down. Yeah. He can't yeah. move. Jeff, Jeff Skinner scores. I get that it's different positions. I, yeah. get, I understand that you know the goalie's position is different than the defenseman's position, yeah. and there are certain sensitivities around a goalie that there aren't around a defender or a forward. But did any part of you look at that and say, here we are talking about the Connor Hellebuck situation. Sider's down hard. He can't move, and Skinner just scored. Was there part of you that said, are we going to have this conversation too? Yes, it, it did. But again, I mentioned it this week. I always go back to Zach Wierenski in the playoffs in 2017. Yeah, I know. If, if, if Pittsburgh's allowed to score with Wierenski on the ice and bleeding, the precedent has been set. And, you know, like they had the, I was watching it. I was like, oh, I know what's going to happen here. They have the puck. They've got a chance. Yeah, they're going to score and that's going to count. And, um, you know, I mean, Look, it's I, I like I know there's people on one side of the argument. I know there's people on the other side of the argument. Uh, Sider's no faker, but you know people always worry about creating the opportunity for people to fake injuries. Jeff, I watched that last night, and I was like, first of all, that was a great game. Uh, I, like, yes, it was. I watched I watched that last night, and I was like. You know what? I know where this is going. I, I, and it's going to be different for goalies than it will be for everyone else. I, I have to tell you, that was such a good game. The comeback was great. But at the end of, at the end of overtime, I mean, the, the, the Quinn uh, pseudo goal was phenomenal. But the, the end of yeah. overtime, when they thought Perron shot the puck too late and Thompson and Deline went after yeah. the Red Wings, I was like, wow, I feel like I'm watching a game out of the 80s. It was it was hilarious. And I was really happy to see yeah. Dalene do it because, like, he is a target. He is so good. He is a target. Like, teams are trying to kill him out there and really make his life difficult. Yep. And to see him being the initiator, I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Okay. I am so glad you said that because you know what I flashed to right away? It's some, it's a game that you would have watched and an incident that you'll probably remember well. Do you remember when Kevin McGuire ran Greg Stefan in that Buffalo Sabres-Detroit Red Wings game and Stefan goes crazy and Bob Probert's trying to get at anybody and the linesmen yeah. are holding yeah. him back? I know it's much different, but just seeing those two sweaters mix and that level of going after each other... That's where my brain went. McGuire on Stefan right away. I, I'm with you. Like, I, I love long-lost rivalries. Like, what are the great long-lost rivalries? And, well, there's a couple. Boston and the Rangers is a long-lost yeah. rivalry. Montreal and Detroit is a long-lost rivalry. Let's not forget, too, like, Detroit and Buffalo used to go yeah. at it. I mean, this is in the 80s, too. One's in the Adams and one's in the Norris. I get it. But they used to go at it hard. Like, these were two mean, nasty teams once upon a time for each. No, yeah, it was it was it was old school last night. I I loved it. Like everything about that game was great. The comeback, the shootout goal uh, yeah. by Quinn, and uh, and that one too. And and again last night, like Edmonton couldn't hold the lead against Chicago. Like Chicago made that game really interesting several yep. times. 
Um, it was yep. like the, I have to say, Jeff, the hockey's been good this year. It's been really good. Yep, it's been uh, it's been excellent. Tuesday was, I mean, every game had a huge storyline. Last night, the play was fantastic uh, and and really entertaining. And we'll see what tonight brings. We got eleven on the board this evening. We'll see what uh, what Thursday night brings. But Friday morning, we'll bring the next podcast that we'll record uh, later on tonight. Uh, okay, Fridge, enjoy the rest of your walk. We'll catch up with you later on this evening. It's freezing. I'm going back inside. Oh, kitten. Oh, go back inside and get all warmed up. Uh, There he is, Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada.